Hey there, howdy. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for telling a friend that you hang out on the other side of Texas. I'm your host, Jay West, Texas Leeson. Welcome into the program. Little sister Lauren Huff across the way. You want to throw them out a hottie toddy? Hottie toddy, you guys. Y'all be sure to support Ole Miss. (laughs) Or Texas Tech. We're broadcasting from the West Texas Accessory Depot Studios. Go see the folks at Accessory Depot on 82nd Valencia in Lubbock. Other side of Texas listeners can get a free row of WeatherTech liners with the purchase of a bed cover. And that's in person or online. Whether you're listening on a podcast or SoundCloud or OtherSideOfTexas.com or on air right now. A free row of weather tech liners, and I'll tell you why those are important here in just a moment, with the purchase of a bed cover. Check them out, 806-866-9494, that's 866-9494, you were born in what year? 94. 94. Mm-hmm. 806-866-Little Sister, Little Sister. <laughs> that was pretty clever. WTAccessoryDepot.com. It was a little bit clever, but that's why they pay me the big bucks to be on the airwaves here. Um, A couple of things to start off here. These WeatherTech liners are a lifesaver, and I know this because at 9 o'clock last night, I was pulling out WeatherTech liners, all sorts of debris. Yeah. Cheetos, pretzels. Mm. Things that drip on the floor, milk, slurpee, otherwise, all sorts of stuff. And uh, so yesterday we went to Caprock Canyon State Park, which is up in Kitty Quay, up in Briscoe County. It's so amazing to me that whenever you get up into everything that used to be Bear County, and by Bear, I mean B-E-X-A-R, everything that was Bear County, which at one point it was... In Texas, shortly after the Revolution, San Jacinto, that time period, everything up this way was just Bear County. And then they broke it on down, and they named, uh, you know, Kittiquays in Briscoe County. But what's so intriguing to me is that so many counties around here, I'm getting back to Caprock Canyons. Just hold on a second. I'm going on a little mental jaunt here. Uh, these counties are all named after Texas revolutionary, uh, I mean, just names that that made their names by dying for Texas and fighting for Texas. And that's what you like. A lot of counties, if you get off, you know, within a 200-mile range of I-35, you have a lot of Confederate-named counties. Uh, but up this way, it's just Texas Revolutionary War because it all occurred so late. And uh, Briscoe, this guy Briscoe, and I, forgive me, I can't call his first name, but I know at one point I've looked all this up, and Briscoe was a soldier in the Texas Revolutionary War. It, one of the only counties around here is the county that we're broadcasting from, Lubbock County. Thomas S. Lubbock was oh, okay. a Confederate soldier. Confederate officer, Texas Ranger, and a lot of people have that in their crawl. But anyway, pan most of West Texas up into 
even the stretches of the panhandle and those are texas revolutionary war characters figures i should say not characters figures so we go up to capot canyons that's um about an hour and a half away so it's a day trip thing mm-hmm. and it can be less than an hour and a half if uh, you got a radar detector which i do have but it was a perfect day perfect day with the family a day that i mean it's just um well no hold on hold on hold on so i was going to run for office last fall we talked about that before uh, I was going to run for the Texas House. We shut down West Texas Drive. Clifford Big Boy Wilkes got another job. And then I opted out of going forward in media, stepped back from Lubbock Avalanche. Journal, I have people today that ask me, where's your column, where's your column? You know, I didn't renew, or should I renew? When's your column coming back? And I say, well, I stepped back from that. And since then, they've changed ownership, and they keep you updated on what happens there. If anything, uh read me after i mean this takes so much time launching other side of texas i don't go home and say oh look i'm going to stay up till 4 a.m and write for texas monthly or dallas morning news or any other entity i just don't have that kind of time um but at that time back in the fall i was all in and uh, people that I trust, not pollsters or consultants, but people that I really trust, said to me, Jane, look, you speak and you write from a place that others don't, and, and you do. And you need to continue on that track. And a state house seat, so far as influence is concerned, is peanuts comparatively. And I began to listen to those, and some opportunities came up, like the very opportunity that you're listening to us from, where it's AM, AM 580 or on our podcast, or you're streaming live on the other side of Texas. And so I hit the brakes, kind of like you do. You double tap, and then you throw down the big hard break. And... Uh, I know it's a niche. It's not a living. I got a real job. I got responsibilities outside of this, but it's the opportunity um, to get on and to talk about not not what's right with a capital R, but what's right. I mean, to straight shoot people, and if you think I'm wrong, shoot me the note, shoot me the email, uh, shoot me the tweet at Jay Leeson. I'm, I'm glad to hear, but I'm just trying to get things right. And that's why I give different people of different color variations, and I mean political color stripe variations, the opportunity to speak on the program. And plus, on top of that, little sister was, could you imagine jumping in and winning for like common man values? from the metal and then having to fight crazies from the left and right every two years like you get into that and i will be the first to admit that i'm pretty Mm single-minded like i can focus on two or three things but once you get beyond three i'm lost like i can hardcore focus on three things and but that idea that this was going to be had i run and i would have won but had i run and won then every two years and it's like level nine of tetris on the old game boy right like super intense and so i just decided you know what there is real opportunity here to in my view and i hope this doesn't sound overly sanctimonious but serve the public good by giving an opportunity to be heard and to engage issues and then making sure that 
that things are out there for the public to make their mind. Kind of like I went through the Lubbock Auditorium Coliseum and when I was thinking on that. Nobody politicked me. Nobody lobbied me in the position I was in. But what would have really bothered me was absorption in running. And, you know, one day Charity nudges me from a nap and says, hey, it's time to put on your tux. Uh, Grace's wedding is in an hour. <laughs> me saying, whoa, whoa, what? She's 10 years old, and Charity's saying, no, she's 23 now. Like, you've been absorbed in other things. And, you know, that that was a nightmare. So, you know, not what's right with Capilar, but what's right, period. And that's the route that I went, which, okay, so back to Capilar Canyon. So we went yesterday. We decided to take the truck rather than Mrs. Leeson's immaculate Lincoln Navigator. Which I opposed. I wanted to get a. I wanted a Land Cruiser. Yeah, I remember that. Because Land Cruisers are awesome. But the second row, like functionality, like dropping the kids off at school, loading them up, the second row doesn't have. It's not two captain chairs. Mm-hmm. It's just some it kids just flinging down. themselves over the seat into yeah. the third row. Yeah. And that would have been a roll. I don't know how I get off on Land Cruisers, but <laughs> not split. But we wanted to take the kids' bikes and maybe take a couple of fishing poles to see what we got into. I took my fly rod until I... I took my fly rod, but whenever I got out and the wind was blowing like 25 miles an hour, I just said, well, maybe we weren't going to do that. But it turned out to be the perfect day because we went... Like, whenever I come up with an idea and I tell Charity on Friday, hey, let's go to Caprock Canyon on Sunday, she's like okay well you got this like you pack up Mm -hmm. you tell me what we need to pack up Mm -hmm. but one thing i didn't tell her and for those not familiar in lubbock what you do is you drive out to rolls and then you turn north and you go to floyd ada then at highway 97 you cut further north and you go off the cap rock where uh mckenzie came up the turreted rock towers of the cap rock into the fabled yano Escado. like you take all that and the kids are tired of me talking to them about how historic the drive was and they're like well did he take this road no there weren't roads there were not roads like why weren't there roads that would have made it all so much easier there weren't roads because they were comanches man but one of dad's duties whenever you take off on a trip like that is what's for lunch man because you can roll in a day trip and you don't want the kids to be there like all day long four eight eight and ten you want them to be there for you know about six hours six hour get them so yeah enough for them to be yeah exactly to be tired to have a good night's sleep the next night and so i thought well surely the convenience store but i underestimated the conservatism of kittaquay 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 okay which they spell on the sign whenever you get in town kitty quay kitty spacebar quay now it's all on welded out cut out iron painted black but kitty Quay. Okay, Kitty Quay. Which, you know, whenever I was a kid playing Scrabble against my great-grandmother, she always used the word Quaw. Yeah. She'd always win the game. She only had the last cue, and she'd put out Quaw, and be like, that's wrong, and then we'd look up in the dictionary. Okay, so we get there. We get to Kitty Quay, and 
it is not working out like I thought it would because the supermarket's closed and everything's closed in town except for the Allsup's. And I'm like, yeah, baby, this is really working out in my favor because now the kids have to eat. Like, my wife is great about whole foods and making sure my kids eat right and this, that, and other. But every all the options are closed. And so we go from, like, this is a great trip and my wife really excited to this. We're eating at Allsup's for lunch. And we went in in a bag full of chimichangas and world-famous burritos and tamales later. And we roll in the park. And this sort of stuff, this is like the Glory Dad stuff. <laughs> which at the time didn't seem like Glory Dad part stuff. But you roll in the park and you see that the sandwich shop in the park, the little building that's like a 20 by 20 building, uh-huh. is open. Sandwich shop is available. And it's at that point that I get a look from my wife that I will not soon forget. Maybe on Grace's wedding day, I'll still have in my mind. Like, we have these bags of Allsup stuff. And I'm like, yeah, we do. So I would say Allsup's Caprock Canyon, some bikes, a hike. And then we had Dairy Queen afterwards. In oh, the Dairy Queen. It's still open there. Perfect day. And that's why I'm here. To serve you listeners, as I do. And, uh... You know, it's not just being about other sides of Texas, West Texas, about being of other sides of Texas with some awesome, some Dairy Queen, some shameless plugs. Maybe their uh, marketing people are listening. See what what other side of Texas can do for you. You know, look, I see, I love my friend Brian Mudd. I love all those guys at KMAC News. Like, I'm watching KMAC News. I like oh, those okay. guys a whole lot. But the headline is this, West Texas Young Republicans to host only Lubbock County Judge Debate. Whoa, 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 whoa. After May 5, other side of Texas listeners, especially those who are in West Texas and around Lubbock. Hey, we have, we've got commitments from both candidates that they're going to be in here for an hour. Wow. And we're going to talk through all these issues. Curtis Parrish and Gary Boren. And we're going to, we're just going to light it up and go and see where it goes. So, well, not, now we may not call it a debate because politicians kind of squirm at that debate. Yeah. But it will be an open dialogue. Yeah. I like the way that sounds. Run by somebody who doesn't want to be kept law right, but just right. So, hey, how about race or car wash? The weather's flirting with you. Is it going to rain or not? If it's not going to rain, the wind's going to blow. And uh, you need to go somewhere where you're car is going to get washed and get washed well for the money that you put in and guess what racer wash voted the best wash round for five years running stop into one of five convenient locations in the hub city if you need to figure out what's best for you go to racerwash.com and they can hook you up so thankful they partner with this program support this program and you'll see why uh, they are the best wash around want to welcome in the Quorum Report, Scott Braddock, Braddock on Texas, every Monday here on Other Side of Texas. Is, is Scott there? Scott Braddock here. Did we lose him? It says I have him. You, you got him, little sister? It says I got him. You there? Jake, can you hear me? Yeah. There, we go. there it is. There we go. All right, now it's working. Sorry, and all the button pushing, we've got this applause that we hit for you. and We'll get it on the outro. It, okay. Yeah. So applause, more applause. Braddock on Texas. 
<laughs> Braddock on Texas. We got to get Don't somebody. Like, name. Where did you come up with that name for this segment? I think it just, uh, it, uh, just flies in the face of some local, uh, you know, like some local giants in their own minds. Oh, somebody, somebody that actually knows what's going on down there. Is there potential that somebody needs to be taken down a peg? I don't think. I mean, just not down a peg. Just possible? come on, man. You need to deal with what reality is. So I don't even want to get into that bar ditch. Thanks for trying to take me into that bar ditch, though, Scott yeah, Braddock. Okay. All right. Uh, this is a very smooth segment so far. <laughs> At Scott Braddock <laughs> on Twitter. That's uh, a Leeson, Leeson style segment. Yeah, I see some weather moving across uh, Lubbock County this afternoon. We'll blame it on that. It's not coming, man. It's just a big right. flirt. That's all it is. It's right. it's your junior girlfriend, man. It's all. It's not even going to happen, man. So let's talk about last week. We had every week. I try to sneak something in, Braddock. Like, let me just show my cards to you. I try to sneak something in. Like this Thursday. Representative, State Representative James White's going to be on the show, and for the first time, he's going to engage the American Phoenix stuff and and all that stuff that was going on in the background to try to take him down. He, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about rural East Texas, reading the whole thing. But I tried to slide an interview in that, hey, look, we got a radio show. We're going to do things that matter. Last week, we had Chairman Ford Price on out of Amarillo, State Representative out of Amarillo. On to talk about opioids, uh, give us some perspective uh, statewide, Austin-wide, on how that interview went down. Very interesting interview with Chairman Price that you had, a powerful Republican in the Texas House, somebody who's been rumored as a speaker candidate, of course. I think you made reference to that. Uh, or sort of. I gave him the opportunity to announce. A chance to make an announcement. But, well, you said an announcement, but anyway. Um, <laughs> chairman Price is powerful anyway. I mean, he's the uh, chairman of the uh, Public Health Committee, and he's also leading up the Select Committee on Opioids, which you, you mentioned. Um, and his comments were very interesting. Uh, you asked about the ambulance chasing lawyers, is the way you put it. And I think, you know, it, it sort of um, got a lot of people's attention because one of the things that's simmering under the surface here is the fact that Texans for Lawsuit Reform, which, of course, represents a lot of big business, uh, they have been closely monitoring the hearings that are going on with this special committee on opioids, um, and they've been making the point that uh, litigation is not the answer here, that perhaps some legislation that uh, seeks to address uh, many of the problems that uh, Chairman Price was talking to you and your audience about, that they think that would be a better way to go. Uh, I think the key quote uh, in the interview, at least on this specific topic, uh, on the issue of litigation and opioids the, the quote that uh, you know really put puts his uh, you know perspective uh, right in front of people is that, that if you really study these issues which of course that's what his committee is doing quote if you really study these issues there's a shared level of responsibility up and down that spectrum from the manufacturers to the prescribers to the distributors to the patients themselves now I don't think that Texans for lawsuit reform wants to be um, seen as disagreeing with the chairman at all. I don't think that they do. Um, but what they did say is that regulation through litigation is an ineffective way to address a complex public policy issue like the opioid crisis, particularly when that litigation is the result of, quote, unethical solicitation by attorneys. That from Lucy Nashid, who is a spokeswoman for TLR, kind of goes to the point you were talking about with those ambulance chasing lawyers. Now, on the other side of this, Hmm. You uh, you have heard uh, from uh, some folks uh, who would say that look they're not ambulance chasers and I think you may have heard from some of these folks as well they're not 
ambulance chasers, what they are. Just a few. They're folks, well, they're folks who are um, uh, using the courthouse uh, in a way that it's supposed to be used to try to recoup some of the uh, cost to taxpayers, specifically that $350 million, $350 million statewide just for ER costs. That's right. Uh, and you have seen, yeah. and you have seen, that was something that the chairman talked about on your, uh, on your show, um, and, you know, you pointed to the fact that years ago, Texas uh, got, what, $15 billion from the big tobacco companies? A billion with a B, tobacco. yeah. Yes, sir, from the, from the uh, tobacco lawsuit. Um, but what TLR said was that if you look back at that, um, quote, we've learned with hindsight that the multi-billion dollar tobacco settlement did more to enrich attorneys than to stop the use of harmful tobacco products. So no matter where people come down on this uh, topic, I think uh, that it is definitely a storyline that's going to emerge. It was kind of simmering under the surface, and your interview kind of brought it out to the forefront, uh, because as we move into the 2019 session, I think this is definitely going to be one of the storylines that plays out, which is how much responsibility do the manufacturers of these prescription drugs, how much responsibility should they bear, and then there may be some move to uh, try to uh, contain their liability, shall we say. Yeah, but Scott Braddock, here's what's so interesting to me, is that, like, in my mind, given the new world order that we live in circa 2018, and I do a whole diatribe on that, but I'll spare you at this moment. Thank you. But back whenever the tobacco stuff went down, it seemed like a much simpler time in Texas, yeah. plainly, if, regardless of where the money made, went, it was a simpler time, and I would argue we were more conservative then, And yeah, but we is. still got $15 billion. So for people to shut down even, the, like, are these people, and I just ask you this as a novice, but if I'm listening to the other side of Texas right now, I'm wondering, are these people who are making the arguments to mitigate these lawsuits and try to stop them up front... Are they somehow in the lobby of some of these big, big pharma interests? I have no evidence that they are, uh, but I can tell you that Texans for Lawsuit Reform has always been uh, a group that is um, against what they call abusive lawsuits, and it's because uh, their supporters uh, have been uh, big business. And so, you know, I mean, I think uh, as we move forward with this, it'll be another question that will be asked. It's crazy, Scott. I mean, oh well abuse of law like there are people dying in county hospital er's and we're all eating it how did they get it well it was distributed to them by these well it was their choice like at some point no the onus is on well capitalized big pharma i don't know how much you want to engage that but it just like for this to be frivolous at that point no they've caused an epidemic and drained a lot of counties of a lot of money there is uh, no question that there is going to be some uh, responsibility for this. As you know, and as you pointed out last week, uh, some counties have already initiated lawsuits on this, including Upshur County in mm-hmm. East Texas and Bear County, where San Antonio is, and Harris County in uh, Houston. Uh, and I believe it was in um, uh, Bear County alone, uh, the numbers we reported a quorum report, um, that there were more than 100 people uh, who had died from opioid-related overdoses in 2015, which, of course, means that that uh, was almost six deaths per 100,000 in that county. Uh, and so, it, you know, this is ravaging rural communities. It's happening in uh, urban areas as well. Uh, and so these battles are going to play out all over the place. I also think it's um, uh, worth noting that uh, Chairman Price's comments sounded a lot like local control to me. He had said that, in his view, uh, these counties...
they should figure out for themselves what they want to do about these lawsuits and how they're going to pursue them. Mm-hmm. And it didn't sound like he was as warm to, and by the way, uh, just to be clear, because um, we don't want to put words in his mouth, uh, but because, you know, you gave him a chance to make an announcement. They didn't even say anything. But, <laughs> but we don't, don't want to put words in his mouth, but he, he did say that, look, his, his committee is not making specific uh, recommendations, won't make specific recommendations about this specific topic, the topic of litigation. Um, but his comments, he did not seem warm to the idea that the state ought to be dictating from the top down how local communities should address this. Yeah, well, I thought that it was... Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, it, no, I thought it was some good four-price two-stepping. I mean, he didn't he didn't say no, and he didn't say yes. He just said, let's let the process play out. And and I will say this to Joe Strauss's... What a great issue for him to put out this select committee on, <laughs> on opioids. If you're really looking at where tax dollars are going, just follow the Strauss select committees. And and if you want some reform and you want tax dollars to be spent wisely, but that's just my own commentary there. I, I think I'm more and more as we go into January and these reports begin to roll in, the more I am impressed with the speaker. Well, we'll see how it goes. Um, a lot of times these uh, these uh, select committees and interim hearings uh, of standing committees as well. Sometimes it's kind of like uh, spring ball, just nobody get hurt. Mm-hmm. And then we actually get into uh, playing the game come January. Yeah, so a couple of things I want to get into with Scott Braddock of Quorum Report, quorumreport.com. Uh, the Fifth Circuit of Appeals holds up the Texas voter ID law. Scott Braddock, for listeners who don't know what the voter ID law was, explain, give us a little primer on that and then talk about how important it was that the Fifth Circuit held it up. Upheld. Well, the Fifth Circuit... Yeah, the Fifth Circuit uh, in New Orleans uh, on a two-to-one decision, this was a panel of the Fifth Circuit, uh, three judges, uh, said that the voter ID law can stand. It's not uh, a surprise because uh, the Fifth Circuit in New Orleans is definitely one of the most conservative appeals courts uh, in the United States. Um, and this was um, a little bit of a victory for, by the way, the, the reason that we have this current iteration of the voter ID law was a victory for those who said that the original voter ID law in Texas, uh, which was passed a few sessions ago, um, was too strict. We had the strictest voter ID uh, law in the nation, uh, saying that uh, people only with certain forms of ID would be able to vote on election day. Uh, and the legislature just last year went back and passed a law, you know, based on what the courts had said about that being too much. Um, they went back and they passed a law that said, okay, if you don't have, and this is the redneck version, so it's the real version, if you don't have the IDs that are listed here, if you don't have one of them, then you can sign a form that says uh, why you don't have one of them, and then you can go on and vote. It's just a, it's just an affidavit, uh, and uh, a person who lies on the affidavit could later be prosecuted if they were shown to have lied about why they didn't have ID. Uh, well, the court in New Orleans said, having it set up that way is just fine. But, of course, you have Democrats who continue to say that uh, the voter ID law is, quote, unnecessary and discriminates against Texas voters. That from Texas House Democratic Caucus Chairman Chris Turner. He said the Democrats would continue to fight for equal voting rights for all citizens. Now, it's important to remember, when we talk about uh, voter ID, this is something that only affects a very small portion uh, of the electorate. The vast majority of people would be able to show you an ID uh, when they show up uh, for just about anything, right, to uh, 
you know, to get on an airplane or to they mm-hmm. used to say to rent a they, they used to say to rent a video at Blockbuster, but there nobody uh, gets video, you know videos that way anymore. Buy a can <laughs> of snuff. The, yes, buy a can of snuff mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but the counter argument to that is that there are people. Um, you know, uh, some folks who are elderly and people who maybe don't have a driver's license for whatever reason, um, those people may want to vote. And when it comes to buying a can of snuff or when it comes to uh, renting a video, getting on an airplane, whatever, none of those things are guaranteed to you as a constitutional right. Well, voting is, uh, and so you shouldn't be turned away just because you uh, could not afford to get a piece of paper. Hmm. Scott Braddock, carrying on here, let's pivot. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to go to, there's the Farenthold stuff down in South mm-hmm. Texas and Greg Abbott, but I'm going to skip past oh, yeah. that. Maybe we can get into that next week. But well, Whatever you like. Uh, tell me, I'm watching this stuff. We were at Caprock Canyon yesterday. I was unplugged this weekend mm-hmm. from headlines. But this Michelle Wolf thing at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, and I'm looking at my Twitter following red state reporters who are saying, look, this does not help us because we are having to report. And you got to report what's out there. And if you're going to shoot people straight, you got to go against the grain, against the political grain, the political tides at times and report things that people may not agree with until they begin to think through the issue based upon your reporting. As you are a reporter, a statewide reporter in a red state, what was your takeaway from the White House Correspondents' Dinner? Blasting the president. Totally unacceptable to be down in the mud like that is not appropriate. It's very interesting that for the last two years, the president has opted not to go to the White House Correspondents' uh, Dinner. This is put on by the White House Correspondents' uh, Association. Uh, And, uh, you know, they're doing it for a good reason. The event is to raise money for scholarships. But, um, look, the... The whole point of the White House Correspondents' Dinner over the years, and people know what we're talking about, it it would be when the president, whether it was uh, George Bush or Barack Obama or whatever, or Clinton, uh, they would go and they would hobnob with the reporters and celebrities would come. And it was one of those moments where they could show that, you know, co- you know, contrary to what so many people think, that we're not always adversary. And I think that that is okay, because you don't always have to be adversarial with the people that you cover. Um, even though, as you point out, a lot of times you got to ask them tough questions, you got to go against the grain, you got to report the facts, no matter what your personal politics are. But for the last two years, the president hasn't shown up. And so what, instead, what it has turned into over the last 24 months, uh, you know, this is just the consequence of the way it's played out, is that it's showing that, no, we're always adversarial with the people that we're covering, um, which again, that sort of undermines the whole point of, of what they were trying to do with the event. With, you know, when Obama was there or when Bush was there, they would come in and they would make self-deprecating jokes and they would listen to a comedian roast them and it was it was all fine. But uh, two things. One, I had never heard of Michelle Wolf. Two, uh, I didn't think she was funny. Um, it, it, and just, I thought she was boring. I mean, that, it, to me, the worst thing you can be is boring. Um, but, uh, but yes, she was very mean-spirited, very ugly to uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders who is, of course, the uh, White House spokesperson and does those press briefings every day. Um, simply inappropriate. And, and no matter what, and, and here's the wrong discussion that people are having in it, and I wonder what you think. A lot of folks are saying that the president's uh, supporters are being hypocritical uh, because the president says things that are just as bad all the time. And, you know, why is it, uh, you know, why is it people are holding a comedian to a higher standard than the president? Um, I think it's the wrong conversation uh, simply because... Uh, what we're talking about is 
talking about is journalism. It's not that the woman said what she said. Of course, she has a right to say whatever she wants to say, um, but it, it's not appropriate uh, for journalists uh, to be um, putting their stamp of approval uh, on something that is down in the mud, that is nasty. No. Er, Ed, Edward R. Murrow, the patron saint of uh, broadcast journalism at CBS News years ago, uh, Dan Rather, uh, who worked for him, always said that Murrow had one word to describe how journalists should behave, especially in times of uh, you know tumult and unrest. And that word was steady. Be steady. Because people look to us to tell them the facts, to tell them what's going on, so they can judge for themselves uh, what they think about the situation, mm-hmm. um, and to be in, and to be involved in uh, all this uh, mudslinging and nastiness ourselves. It's not where we should be. Yeah, and you know, whenever you listen to the comments and look, understand that the White House Correspondents' Dinner in recent years, I'd say in the last two decades, before we all went like hyperbolic in our ideology, ideology yeah. and all that stuff. But what you what you listen for in those sound clips is not what she said, because a lot of what she said wasn't even funny. It's mm-hmm. the response in the crowd. And whenever you're thinking, well, it's these jo- these people's responsibility to bring us objective news, and there's clapping, or at times, if there's booing, then you just think, well, you know, where are we? This is, this is a crazy world. Well, and I should say here that very prominent journalists right afterward uh, said that the uh, Correspondents Association should uh, distance itself from uh, what what uh, Ms. Uh, what Ms. Wolf said, and many of them did. Uh, and in fact, the association itself put out uh, a statement that said they did not agree with it. Um, but I think that uh, whenever uh, someone, and it's not her fault, by the way. Um, when someone is booking a comedian like that, just the way you may remember. When, but who's uh, booking Clinton, her? Well, the association. So when when uh, when President Clinton was in office, the association booked uh, the radio talk show host Don Imus to come in mm-hmm. and talk, and he was very insulting to President Clinton. Um, it's not Imus's fault that they put him there, and then he said all these uh, insulting things, and it was kind of the same sort of situation that played out, even though Clinton was actually there um, and Trump wasn't uh, for this deal over the weekend. Uh, but it, it's not the comedian's fault. It's not the uh, radio host's fault that they come in and do something that's provocative and over the top. Uh, no, it's on us. And the, the, I, I want your listeners to hear this. This is me as a journalist saying, this is our fault. We have to do better than that. Well, as you say that, I notice on my phone a little uh, notification on Twitter that Texas Public Policy Foundation has followed the most t- talked about afternoon radio show in West Texas. So, well, that's great. Good uh, on I'm you. happy. We just we yes. just try to get it right. That's what we do. He is at Scott. Yes, growing your audience in a quality way. There you That's go. right. At Scott Braddock on Twitter. You got that applause for, for Braddock? There it is. Oh, thank you. Braddock, thank you so much, buddy. Thank you all. Talk to- a couple of things. I'm going to give you a show preview. Remind me, little sister. Make a note that we got to do a show preview of the rest of the week. I okay. just got confirmation on Wednesday. We'll have Ross Ramsey, executive editor of the Text Tribune, and then Congressman Jody Arrington. Now, the Lubbock will come on with us on Wednesday as well later in the afternoon. So, what has happened with Beto O'Rourke? Did he not get the messaging right, or has he changed his messaging? Uh, you know, whenever he was with me on this program, it made some news in the Houston Chronicle and some other places that he was essentially calling for a debate between Lupe Valdez and Andrew White on the Democratic ticket because 
Lupe Valdez, I don't think, and this is just my bias, she can't hold her weight against Andrew White. Like, Andrew White would blow her up in the debate. But then my friend Chad Hasty over on KFO had Beto on right after I interviewed him at the hotel. He went to KFO and he said that he would not, uh, that he would vote for the impeachment of Donald Trump. Well, O'Rourke now seems to be refining his message. And remember my question to him on these airwaves was, Congressman, your your base has to be composed of more than white liberals who hate Donald Trump. Like, you've got to get a lot of Trump voters, kind of like the rural guys he's begun to pick off. Uh, as he's come through and all like he won't win the counties but he may carry over enough votes and as we speak right now he's within five percent of ted cruz well patrick's vtech text tribune saying today that o'rourke seems to have refined uh his answer when asked if he's seen trump commit an impeachable offense quote here's what i think we should focus on the independence and integrity of the Mueller investigation until those facts are presented i do not i do think the conversation is premature so beep 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 hitting the back up we're in reverse let's see what happens and i think is pretty savvy if you're running for u.s senate in texas and then o'rourke i guess today about 11 a.m tweeted Mueller must be able to finish this investigation and follow the facts as far and as high as they lead i've co-sponsored the special counsel independence protection act to make sure he can so that's where o'rourke is right now and that's some refined talk from some month ago three weeks ago whenever yeah. that was it's there at other side of texas on uh, if you hadn't followed our podcast jump on apple itunes and some of you may think well it's what i paid for which is zero dollars but you can get our podcast every day uploaded to your phone uh so that's where our work is now as as we speak and seems to have backed off of impeachable offense to let the facts be presented I think that was pretty smart of him. You know, I think it's early enough that people won't hold it against him later. Right. So. I mean, I think that second statement was very wise. You know, let's let's wait until the facts reveal themselves, mm-hmm. and then we'll make a decision. Yeah. And that's how it should be. Well, uh, he might have just been speaking off the cuff. Yeah. There to hasty. I, I don't. So a couple of things that we want to get into. Before we go into another quick break here, about what 60, 90 seconds somewhere yeah. there, little sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Lubbock, a man smashes McDonald's drive through window with a bat after not getting his biscuits and gravy. Wow. Oh, my And gosh. then the Avalanche Journal comes out this weekend and backs the handing over for Prop A in Lubbock, the big contentious vote whether or not to hand over the Lubbock Municipal Auditorium Coliseum to texas tech and i'll get into i just put it out there again i've been up front with this i'm four handing over but i think that tech number of four million dollars which was given by the guy the facilities guy that's no longer at texas tech anymore i think that's a lot higher than eight million dollars and as i read the chancellor's statement there was one word a verb that stuck out to me and I'm a little bit concerned about that. Get into that and a little bit more. Some blue collar bill. You want to get your blue collar on? The blue collar bill report. Come on. Checking the uh, Twitter feed during the break. 
Guy Young chimes in and says, hey, courtesy of First National Bank in Kittiquay, next time the leasings come up, uh, we'll have uh, the Caprock Cafe in Kittiquay prepare you a picnic ahead of time. Oh, there that's awesome. There you go. Yeah, there's your solution. J. West Texas Leeson, the turreted rock towers of the Caprock. Those proud folks in Kittiquay. Go Patriots. Hey, uh, this segment brought to you by Lubbock File Room, providing you safe and secure document storage and shredding services to Lubbock and the surrounding area since 1992 for a free and that's longer than you've been alive, little sister. I got it. Free and hassle-free. I'm just keep on harping on 1994. Free and hassle-free estimate. Call 806-744-7666. That's 806-744-7666. It's time for one of my favorite parts all week long. Some candor from Blue Collar Bill, Bill Varner, Blue Collar Bill Report. There's an 18-wheeler horn. Hey, Bill, you know what me and the boys watched, what they just came across? And I want to see whether this ranks in your favorite all-time movies. But Over the Top. They love Over the Top. Over the Top? Yeah. I don't... I, that one doesn't ring a bell. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, it's like a, this dad, this divorced dad who's got this teenage son who just graduated from a military academy. He's trying to rebond with them. And then he's taking on like this uh, trucker arm wrestling match in, in Las oh, Vegas. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I remember that. Man, that's reaching way back in the way back. Time. Hey, but my boys, they just could not, like, I was really, I was on the struggle bus last weekend because Miss Leeson was, like, in the midst of birthday month. Yeah. She was in Santa Fe getting, like, her pedicures and mimosas, and, <laughs> and I'm sitting there with her three kids, and the boys are really bored, and I made them go dig just for the sake of digging in the planter boxes. I was like, hey, I, I got one for you. There's a movie about arm wrestling and truckers, and they were like, "Let's do it, man!" So, <laughs> that's awesome. anyway, maybe, maybe one day, like, here's a dream: like, you could roll up to the house with your denim shirt, arms, sleeves cut off, blue collar bill, and like roll up in the 18 wheeler and be like, "I'm here to wrestle you, boys!" And like, they would, pee, they would pee their pants, and then they would run back out and be like, "It's on, dude!" And they would turn their hat backwards. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can actually, I can absolutely do that, and I can also do it on, on the chopper if you want. So, I mean, we, wow. we got options. Wow, uh, let's go with eighteen wheeler for now. It, uh, let's do it. We'll do it from there. So, blue collar, all the stuff. I, I love. If you didn't follow Bill Varner on Facebook, it's worth the follow. Just for the sake of every morning, you're taking these great. Like we're all like waking up, like trying to figure out where we are and what's going on, and you know our role in the universe. And you're out there like taking pictures of of dawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's. It's kind of my thing. I'm, uh, uh, I, and I can't tell you why I do it. Uh, it, it it's a it's a compulsion. I, I am I'm required by higher powers to stop uh, and take photos of that sunrise and the sunset. Nice. And they're and, they're and, well and, worth it. I love them. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, and you know, a lot of my, like a lot of your classmates, uh, my guys scattered literally around the world. I've I've got friends living in France, England, uh, Italy. Oh, you're uh, you're speaking too well of Abernathy Independent School District, Nicole. And, and 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 so you know those those photographs give 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 all of our, our West Texas people a chance to to see home and and. Uh, 
Yeah. It makes them happy, and and that makes me happy that it makes them happy, so I just keep on taking them. Hey, and we'll get into, like, uh, refurbing sea-dews and a bunch of stuff that hardly anybody knows to do but you. But your favorite politician, put you on the spot, your favorite politician of all time. My favorite politician of all time? Mm-hmm. Man, I'm going to go with Richard Nixon. <laughs> okay. Why? Uh, the, the, the the guy was just just pretty awesome. Uh-huh. Well, well, like the way he uh, lit Frost up uh, right before the interview started. Okay. I mean the guy the guy was sharp. He was street street savvy. He was smart, and uh, I just I really I, there was a lot of things about him that I, that I liked. Uh, you know, outside of all the controversy and all that. But yeah, uh, yeah, he was he was a pretty interesting character. Hmm. So, and I want to get your take on one thing. We're going to get into your deal here in just a second, but I've got a couple of news notes. Went a little long with Scott Braddock, and we needed to today. But uh, appearance, this is going to be some PG-13 content, or R, if we're back in the 80s. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to turn the radios down. Three, two, one. Okay, so I'm looking at photos today. And I know that you follow the national stuff too, Blue Collar Bill. Yeah. You know, whatever happened, and there's a great likelihood that plenty happened between Stormy Daniels and and President Trump, uh, then Donald Trump. But I'm looking at a photo today of her launching a defamation a defamation suit lawsuit. Like, yes. is that not the worst-case scenario, that you're tied in with somebody of that caliber and they have two dozen microphones stuck in their face? Like, is there a worst-case scenario? No, there really isn't. And the, the whole deal, you know, speaking speaking as a conservative, um, it's really revolting. I mean, whatever happened to, to, to Don't Kiss and Tell? Oh, revolting on her side. Well, on all sides, we don't need to hear all this. I mean, we know no. people do what they do, but you know, whatever happened to discretion and privacy. things on the down low and privacy and 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 just uh, you know, good lord, we don't need to air out everybody's dirty laundry about everything. Yeah, like who's Stormy Daniels? <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, Siri, Siri. Yeah, I know. Kids Gosh. grabbing their parents' phone. Siri, show me a picture of Stormy Daniels. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going back to a flip phone. Yeah. I want a flip phone. Yeah. Yeah, it just, just, just blows my mind. And and, and then, we're, you know, we got a whole segment of the population trying to crucify our president on the word of a woman of ill repute. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to leave it there. I could really go down. Like, whenever I was a kid and we swam in the bar ditches when Dad started irrigating the cotton, like, that's, like, I'm imagine just going home tonight with my my clothes just covered in, in mud. But I'm going to get out of that bar ditch for just a second. Uh, Bill, what you been thinking about? Uh, myself? Yeah. Uh, man, I got so many things going on. We, 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 of course, we just had that sea dew restoration project. Yeah, you did. I've got my, uh, my son turns, uh, oh, good Lord, he was born in 96. So he turns uh, 22. 22, 22, May 10th. He'll be 22 May 10th. Mm-hmm. He graduates from college on May 11th. His best friend, uh, my godson, 
I, I, he's not actually my godson. I just call him that. Uh, Justin, uh, my son's best friend, he's getting married on the 12th. So we got a birthday on the 10th, a graduation on the 11th, a, a wedding on the 12th. We are busy. You're broke. But you oh, restored yeah. C-Dews. Where did you go yeah, to try yeah. them out this weekend? Well, we went out there to Buffalo Lakes and uh, gave them a, a, an outrageous $37 to get in the gate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two people in a boat, 37 bucks. Wow. And got to, got to get out there and, uh, yeah, apparently we're $11 a piece for the people. And if you want to put a boat in that pond, that, that's $15. Mm. That pond. So, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, we used to... We, but you we, restored them. To, How much money did you save restoring these things by yourself? Uh, on that one, I probably have about $400, four to $500 in parts, uh, and about $1,000 in labor. But uh, what's the so, machismo worth? Yeah, so you're looking at about a $1,500 job that I was able to pull off for about 500 There you go. And that 1000 so, yeah. is worth like... Ten thousand in man currency. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it, it it really is. Um, well, good on you. This was a this was a a, a personal challenge for me. I did. I don't know if I told y'all about this. Uh, when my wife's best friend decided she was going to give it away because she'd been trying to get this thing running for years and years and couldn't get it running, she was about to move into her new home. Uh, she was going to put a sign on it and put it in front of the house and give it away. And I said, I'll take it. First thing, my wife looks at me sideways like mm. wives do and says, what makes you think you can do it when nobody else could? Mm. So so right there. She got the awesome's look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, the awesome's look. So right there, it was on. This this, this sea-do thing had to happen. And that's funny how our wives, like, the minute that you question competence, like, okay, I'm late. Okay, and I I put too much salt on the steaks, and like there are a lot of things you can say about you snore, stop it, and can you please just pick up your towels? But like question my confidence, and it's game on. Like over the top, turning my hat backwards, let's go. Oh yeah, yeah, and and, and I'd already you know, it, and she doesn't know this, and uh, hopefully now she's gonna know, Bill. Be careful. <laughs> Yeah, I had uh, I had actually gone to uh, to some boat guys I know and, and had them in in reserve in the wings in case I couldn't pull it off, and there was mm-hmm. actually no amount of money that I would not have spent oh, to get that no. thing running. You're going to risk some Mexico vacation? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sure. All for the cost of keeping up pretenses. That's the that's the most man thing I heard all day. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to protect the man card at whatever cost, so when we no. get ourselves in over our heads, the first thing we do is we call our bros to bail us out. There you go. I'd have been, so, I'd have been there for you, buddy. I mean, I, I can not fix those things, but um, I could have helped you with your messaging. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Bill, one thing I'll drop with you is a little promo. We have, I mentioned earlier, we've gotten confirmation from... U.S. Representative Jody Arrington's office that he will be on the program on Wednesday to talk about, we're going to talk about the trade wars with sorghum and with hogs, and uh, I know that you'll be interested in hearing that. I know you interact with a lot of people that have got some skin in those games. But uh, Yeah, yeah, we, we certainly do. Drop that there, too. Well, uh, Bill Varner, the Blue That will be exciting. Bill Report, thanks for chiming in, buddy. 
Thank you, and uh, again, great show, and we appreciate the service you're doing. No, we appreciate having characters like you can't make this stuff up. People ask me, is he real? He's 100%. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm real. I'm actually standing on the back door of the post office of Vidalu, Texas, right now. And if you look out there on 6282, you'll see me dieseling in the Lubbock in 10 minutes. All right. You, and awesome. maybe, maybe people just stand there and honk. Or you, I'll you'll see honk. you guys. You'll, all right, appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, I'll and wave. All right, the blue-collar bill. Uh, All right, bye-bye. Uh, I did not get into a couple of things. I'll leave them for tomorrow. What has to go through your mind to be so upset about... Well, what doesn't have to go through your mind to be so upset about your biscuits and gravy that you take a bat to the McDonald's drive through wow. and get into that tomorrow? And also, I'll tell you tomorrow why I think that this $4 million demo quote at Texas Tech is only about 50% of what I think it's going to be. And this is why I don't, let me just make this this little pitch before we get off. I do not vote early because guess what? People see, these politicians see 50% of the vote coming out and then, you know, 60% in early voting and then 40% on election day. And there's so much that goes on because early voting starts like a month ahead of time. I'm, right. I'm exaggerating, but why not wait? This is why politicians wait till Friday to do their news drops. And the things that you need to, I cannot tell you how many times I've talked to people who are remorseful that they voted as early as they did. And you got to just let this stuff play out, especially if you're starting early voting, like in the third week in April, for a May 5 election, municipal election. And that's why I said the other day on Facebook, I've made up my mind. I didn't get around to voting. I was going to vote on Saturday. Stuff came up, and then you know we did our we went to Caprock Canyons yesterday, and then I have a real job, and so I've not voted yet, but I'm still going to vote to hand it over. But I do not at all believe that the costs that we've heard on a little bit on and a lot off the record about how much demo is going to be is four million dollars they're going to be trial lawyers like real deal ambulance chasers sitting out in lawn chairs watching this demo and watching the wind shift out of the north on some weird stormy day in july 2020 and blowing asbestos and who knows what against across campus, and they're just going to start picking kids on. It's not going to be four million. It's going to be eight million. I'll tell you a little bit more about that tomorrow. But for now, got to go home. Got to get home. Would stay longer, but got a good supper. Great family waiting. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in, and thanks for telling a friend that you hang out on the other side of Texas at other side of Texas on Facebook, Twitter at OSTX Show. And other side of Texas.com. Signing off for little sister Lauren Huff. Was born in 94, by the way. 94. I'm a youngin'. Hotty toddy. And uh, we'll see you next time on the other side of Texas. One night in Kansas City, after we played the show, shots rang out as I stumbled home. So I hid behind the dumpster in an alley.